0: Welcome to Beckett's Babies. In this show, we discuss plays we love, interview theater artists, and share our thoughts on playwriting and theater. We're your hosts, Sam Collier
1: and Sarah Cho, and today, we're going to talk about love. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, it's Valentine's Day, uh, and we want to do something a little special and be on theme and so here we are talking about love and writing love in our plays. Um general thoughts, Sam, about love. I mean, are you grossed out cuz I'm grossed out? <laughs> Sarah, you picked this topic. I did pick this topic. I did. I
0: um, did. I you know, the only love that really grosses me out is like heterosexual love, but there's many other
1: kinds. Oh. oh, I <laughs> Totally get that. I totally get that. <laughs> um, my general thoughts on writing love or love is that it's just, I think it's inescapable. It's there. <laughs> I mean, how could we not write about love in our stories? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, could, it doesn't have to be specifically about love, centered on love or ro- like romantic relationships, but it just looks different differently in so many ways um yeah so that's just my thoughts it sounds
0: like what you're saying is that um no matter what you write what kind of story you write there's always going to be love in it i think so it's not it's unavoidable yes yes unavoidable it's not avoidable it's not avoidable (laughs) (laughs) i think
1: so i i think so um and you you know if you think about, even if you're just saying like, well, "What are all those like really heavy political dramas?" Um, I think there's still love there. You know?
0: Have um, you ever tried to write a play where you were like, "I'm not gonna have any love in this play"?
1: Yeah, and it's still there. What play was that? Um, um I think for me, it was probably Family Dinner. Where but I that was, play is
0: about a family. And I, know. Like, I don't want any love in this family.
1: Yes. And that was <laughs> what I was like sought out. But um by the end, it was like you could tell that because this family's longing for love, you know, like yeah. ended up that's what ends up happening, or what it ended up happening for me in that
0: play. They are very mean to each other in that play.
1: Oh, very mean. It-
0: <laughs> So it kind of – what I'm getting from this is that, like, when people really love each other, they're mean to each other. (laughs) Maybe. Um,
1: (laughs) My mom says love and hate are the same. Really? Yeah.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, she said that. um, I don't know what happened in this situation. Maybe I started, like, complaining about someone. (laughs) per usual. Um, I was just complaining and complaining and, like, I, I said, like, I hate this person. I hate this person. And my mom was, like, in the car with me and she, just, and she just says, well, you know, love and hate are the exact same thing. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, what the hell are you talking about? And she says because, I guess, to her love and hate require the same kind of energy <laughs> like mm. to constantly like um, energy and time and attention that it's to her, it's pretty much the same.
0: I mean, I agree that they they are both extreme, like energy producing emotions, but I don't agree that they're the same.
1: Oh yeah, no, of course not. You murder someone,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, this was really like <laughs> fast. <laughs> I know.
1: I mean, and this gets real twisted. Um, but I think to her, in her head, it was just like, and maybe, maybe, maybe I was saying I hate. A, a boy and she was like it sounds like you're in love with this boy so stop it um yeah. to, to shut me up so yeah
0: well tell us about some of your own experiences um writing love stories like so you she you had family dinner which was intentionally avoiding writing about love but have you ever sat down and you're like I'm going to write a love story and how'd that go
1: hmm. I guess the the play that comes to mind right now are well, a couple of plays now. I'm thinking Monopoly, which is about two mm-hmm. sisters um, mm-hmm. abandoned in a <laughs> home and relying on each other for support. Um, and another one I think about, which is the most like one of my like experimental and weird plays, is Trick. Um, oh, yeah, about this young woman who has um, that hair-pulling disorder, trichotillomania, and sh- it's about, like, self-love in that sense and also how that affects her own relationship. Like, her – this disorder, is it in the way or, part, like, part of her be- affecting her romantic relationship? Yeah. So, um, so those are probably the two plays – They're kind of – but the the way they were directed and then the way they were presented, it is, like, on the dark side.
0: Um, But Well, yeah, I was just thinking, like, I mean, you have to have some conflict in there. I don't think it would be a very good Mm -hmm. play if you just wrote a story about, like, a person who's very confident and loves herself and, like, there's nothing wrong in her life. (laughs) Right. Or a relationship where the two people love each other and, like – are very evolved and know that love is not the same as hate and they should not be mean to each other when they love each other and they're like mm-hmm. very well adjusted. Like, that probably wouldn't be a very interesting play.
1: It sounds very soothing though.
0: It does sound <laughs> soothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What about you? What about your own person Well, story? I spent many years in my 20s, like really all of college and probably a lot of grad school, trying to figure out how I could write love scenes that were not like really cringy or mm. cliched or boring. Like I just, this it's interesting cause I don't really think about this anymore, but like I was obsessed with this question of like, how do you take a moment that's so intimate between two people and make it Expansive enough that like an entire audience can be included in that moment, but it's Mm. not really uncomfortable because I had sat in the theater so many times and like watched people make out on stage and thought like this is really not enjoyable, (laughs) like this is uncomfortable, and either I don't believe I don't believe the truth of this moment or like you know it just doesn't work the same way on stage that it does on film. Mm. Um. So. I remember really exploring this question, especially in undergrad, of like how to write a scene where the language is doing the work that like small facial expressions would do in a close up on film. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, how can you make a moment between two people that's really intimate big enough to fill the whole stage and so and so eventually what i decided that was that like it's really i don't know it's like all the stuff leading up to a kiss or a hug or whatever um that's charged with that romantic Mm. energy rather than like trying to block a really interesting kiss which i just don't I mean, I don't know. This is my mm. personal opinion, but
1: yeah. Well, a couple questions I have. Um, one, fire away. <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering if it's performance if if the actors mm-hmm. maybe weren't just getting into it. Maybe backstage <laughs> you had a fight <laughs> and are just like not having it on stage. I mean, um, maybe. But, but and I also think, or is it also and or um, because it's live. Um, and it's like, oh, what is, this is like real life PDA happening and nobody (laughs) likes
0: PDA. Well, here's what I think. I think this is just like my own personal philosophy of directing and theater. But if, so if you picture a stage and you have two people who are like, I don't know, in love with each other, attracted to each other on that stage, and they're standing far away from each other. I think and like you know looking at each other talking to each other but there's like distance between them I think that's so much more interesting to watch and charged with energy than if those two people are like right up against each other hmm. because I think the space the stage space between them is the is the space that's charged with energy and so if they as soon as they go to each other some of that potential energy is lost. Hmm. So I'm just much more interested in like, how do those people, I don't know, how do they get to each other than I am in like what they do once they get there. But maybe this is just me. I don't know. No, I, yeah, I
1: totally understand that. Yeah. Hmm. That's a lot to think about. That's something to think about because I think when I, I, that's it's kind of like when you start to write that mm-hmm. play
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's um who are these characters and like what obstacles are you trying right. to create to get in the way for them to um to find each other to understand each other to know each other you know and so um and that's, that's what the story is yeah
0: hmm right but maybe this is just because, like, we were raised on Disney movies, where, <laughs> like, the at the end they get married and live happily ever after, and the story's over. Okay, but
1: also Disney movies and stories are from stories that, like, from old fairy tales. You know, True, that existed for decades. And
0: good point. Um, do you? So what? I'm trying to remember, like, what scenes I've seen that you've written that were like, I don't know, romantic scenes.
1: Mm. Oh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I just, you know, I now that you say that, I'm starting to feel like, uh, I it is cringy to write those scenes, it is,
0: because yeah, it, it because
1: is. It, it's like, how do, yeah, I totally get what you're saying because. Uh, like, I don't want to be corny. I don't want to be like, because mm-hmm. um, I guess we see, we've seen it and it's been overdone in other ways. And you're like, how do I not do this? Um, I'm trying to think about, well, in the play Trick, I think there was a scene, if I recall, which I don't think it was in my play, but it was a part of the direction. Um mm-hmm. Uh, where I think she was in the bathtub and she's like, and then the boyfriend enters and like, kind of like touches her hair, like touches her head, oh, you know? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that that level of intimacy was really um important in that moment. Mm-hmm. But that is like after you see both those characters, what they are really struggling with like internally and Um, how it's affecting them. And Mm -hmm. so it it is what you're saying is like you kind of have to sort of build and and see why that moment when they touch each other is like meaningful.
0: Yeah. I mean, and just how do you make it fresh and not like Mm -hmm. something we've already seen a hundred times? I think haircutting is such a beautiful way to do that. I mean, one cool thing about writing about love is that it comes with this built-in narrative structure. Mm -hmm. So you have people coming towards each other over the course of the play, and, like, either it's going to work out or it's not. And that provides a really nice, dramatic ticking clock Mm -hmm. where, you know, you're going to know when the play is over. Like, either the two people are going to fall in love or the parent and the child are going to reconcile or not. Or yeah,
1: <laughs> or or take poison and die like Romeo and Juliet.
0: <laughs> oh, right. Exactly. Um,
1: okay, speak,
0: yeah. I'm glad you brought up Romeo and Juliet because that's probably like the most famous play about love. So how do you feel about Romeo and Juliet?
1: How do I feel about that
0: play? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh cliché, overdone. <laughs> I was kidding. Yeah. Um no, but when I'm reading the play, uh I think what it is why that play is so impactful when it comes to about love and romances is that it's these outside forces that mm. is impacting their relationship, their family hating each other is such a great like obstacle <laughs> that these these two can't be together. Mm-hmm. Um and so at the end you're wondering, like, oh, they get together, will they not? So you're there's this added suspense, and mm-hmm. you're wondering what's gonna happen, what's gonna happen, and there's this and obviously classic Shakespeare misdirecting you and surprises <laughs> along the way. And at the end, they were so close yet so far, and they both couldn't be together, like uh.
0: And they're um, so young. I mean, they're mm-hmm. just like these children caught up in, as you say, these societal forces that are driving them apart.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I really kind of hate that play.
1: Oh, ah, uh, why? Why is it like the first play to read in high school? I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, because well, I'm pretty sure are- we read it in ninth grade, and I hated it. I
1: is it? I mean, <laughs> it's like. So if you have sex this is what's gonna happen to you
0: <laughs> like, <that's the> <laughs> you young kids oh my god you're all gonna die
1: and <laughs> some fear in us um yeah yeah like i think it was the first play i read in freshman english class mm-hmm. and i was like well, what the heck and then we, and then not just that, we watched it, we read the play, we watched a movie and like mm-hmm. two different versions of it. And like, do you get it? Do you get <laughs> it, child? Do you understand?
0: Yeah. I don't, oh, I don't God. really, I don't know. I think like Macbeth is a much better play for high school mm. students to read. Yeah. I feel like high school is so
1: much more closer to, to Macbeth.
0: Yeah. Exactly. The experience. Yeah. yeah.
1: What are some of your favorite plays about love?
0: Okay, so the first one that comes to mind is Angels in America. Um, Because I think it has so many different kinds of love in it. It has like, obviously romantic love, but also, you know, friendship love and kind of love for humankind and love gone wrong <laughs> like parental love. I, d- I just think it's a really epic, beautiful play about love. Mm. Um, but I also thought of this play I haven't thought of in a while called Saturday night, Sunday morning by Katori Hall, um, which is takes place in a beauty parlor. Um, I think right after world war two and I, um, it's, it, well, it's, it's kind of like a beauty parlor slash rooming house um, about this group of black women. And one of them is a writer and she is um, like pretending to write these love letters from this other woman's boyfriend, but she's actually writing them. And so she kind of falls in love while writing these letters. Anyway, um, mm. I really like that play. What about you? What are some of your favorite plays about love?
1: So when I thought about this question, I, the plays that came to mind um, immediately were um, Baltimore Baltimore Waltz. Yeah. How I Learned to Drive, Paula Vogel, and Barry Child. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Listeners <laughs> probably will say, like, okay – how many times does Sarah say Barry Child in this show? Like,
0: I know, I know.
1: <laughs> if it's um, not every
0: every episode, it's pretty darn close.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and I say these plays because um, you know, I just I really feel like all these these plays have pain in them in a mm. way that I just feel like um what's an antidote to pain. Um, and so, and I just feel like what you just said, that built-in narrative structure, like, the pain and love, I just think, go together in a way that... Sarah.
0: I mean, you're right, you're right, I don't mean to laugh, but that's just <laughs> no, bad. I know, I know. Um, but I do agree. Um, Why is and, that? Why do you think pain and love go together?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Maybe, maybe because to love someone so deeply um mm. and and is like, to face
0: like losing them
1: face losing them um maybe they don't love you back because they're like this yearn for it to be yeah. loved back um yeah so that's and you know these plays i'm sure there there have been interviews now and that's probably where read them but you know like Paul Vogel um the death of her brother um yeah. and with Barry Child Sam Shepard like his relationship with his dad mm-hmm. and so there's just this really painful yearning that they like seek love for um mm-hmm. to kind of like end it to to be the solution to this so, that's just
0: something I think about uh so it sounds like what you're saying is that these these writers are writing about love from a place of feeling the lack of love or the loss of love mm, or like so insufficient love mm-hmm. drives them to write these stories, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me, yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that it's like a very common thing for theaters, or it was before theaters all shut down, to do like one act festival of plays for Valentine's Day or like,, mm. um, 10 minute plays about love for Valentine's Day. I feel like that's a thing. One of the things I noticed
1: when I work with young people, with about writing is they are so excited about write about love. Yeah. It's like once I think about love and they're just like they I give them a talk if I give them a topic about whatever random, just like write about, you know, the clouds in the sky, whatever, you know, and just and they're just like have nothing. But I said, Okay, who do you have a crush on right now? And then <laughs> just what a freaking novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just that it just it's so emotional they're thinking about it it's in them it's like they can't stop um
0: why do you think that is other than
1: hormones um <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know like i i it's i mean i just think of myself as a teenager and i'm just like i've like like to have someone was like I don't know why. I was in my 20s was like that is my goal in life is to find someone and make them stick with me forever.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Well. What else can we talk
1: about? <laughs> no. Um okay, it's well, I guess before we wrap it up and go move on to Glissens, is just I guess reviewing. Like, well, what are some different types of love? Um that you can write about. As a starting point, right? Mm-hmm. So you have your obvious romantic relationship,
0: love. Happy Valentine's romantic- Day!
1: Happy Valentine's Day! Um, there's the familial love, family about family. There's friendships,
0: bromance. Okay, so romance. This is, what do uh-huh. you know of any good plays about friendship or like bromance? This is a good one to think about. I'm trying to think I know. if I can think of any good plays about friendship.
1: Um, yeah, that's a good one. Um. It was hard for me to think about that one, like, because I—I mean, that is why I did write a play about two women being friends. Yes,
0: um, yes, your play.
1: Yeah, it was. Tell it, us what it's called again. So it's called Grace and Jeanette Like White Guys, and <laughs> basically, one of my favorite all-time movies in growing up or whatever it was. Harold and Kumar goes to White Castle, mm-hmm. and that is like a great buddy comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's not just two Asian-American guys wanting burgers. That's it. Um, And they just go on this like crazy journey, right? And so I was like, man, I love – this is one of my favorite movies. And I'm like, what is a girl version of this? And I was like, think of a play. And so that's why. But I was – it was – honestly, I mean, I'm sure it's out there. But it was like hard for me to think about other than in movies (laughs) Um, that – do yeah. this, like, buddy comedy really well. Yeah, um, especially
0: women. Especially I mean. women, yeah. But I actually, I can't think of any plays about buddies, like, two guy buddies either.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm sure, I mean, like, I'm sure it's there, but that hasn't maybe hit the mainstream the same way mm-hmm. <laughs> that we're all, we could all acknowledge Um but yeah, like a buddy comedy. It's kind of hard to find. Listeners, Important. tell
0: us your favorite plays about buddies.
1: Yeah. Peas in a pod or those. <laughs> what do you call them? I don't know. Anyways, um, I see a note here that Sam wrote, love of country? <laughs> Question mark, I was Googling, love. like,
0: what are the different kinds of love? And people are like, oh, like, love of your homeland or your country or your nation." Mm-hmm. I'm um, not sure I've ever felt that kind of love, but apparently some yeah. people do.
1: Yeah, and love of mankind.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, That's what was another one I found by Googling. <laughs> so
1: there are so many different types. There's so many different types um, to tackle and get into. And honestly, I just feel like even if you seek out, like, I'm not going to write about love. It's not about love. This is about a man in the forest
0: alone.
1: And then you're just like, well, he falls in love with the forest. What what are you going to do about it?
0: I want to read that play. (laughs) It sounds like my life. Um, I also want to mention, have you ever read or seen Melancholy play by Sarah Rule?
1: Oh, I think, no, I
0: read it though. Yeah, that's such a good play about love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very silly. I mean, I guess because it's a farce. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it about
1: love. (laughs) I mean, like I'm. Let's let's just let's end it here because I'm getting like grossed out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. Well, we want to hear from you, listeners, about your favorite plays about love, or any challenges you have faced when writing love stories, or um, ideas you have explored. On the page or stage,
1: hmm. very nice. So we go to Glisten's. Oh yeah, I'm ready for this. Okay, go ahead. My Glisten this week is Britney Spears. <laughs> okay, you're all probably thinking, "Oh, is she going to talk about free Britney?" Yes, I'm going to talk about free Britney. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I watched the documentary that everyone was talking about called Framing Britney Spears. It's a docu-series on FX um I think produced by New York Times. Um and it was just looking at the history surrounding Britney Spears' um rise to fame, her her celebrity and like what is happening with her currently. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's it's painful to watch your um like teen role model <laughs> and so much pain and so much suffering and just understanding how this country just idolizes and uh what ce- celebrity culture is in this country because i mean it it is so boggling to see like there was part of the 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 movie the short uh, episode that I just couldn't keep my mind off was this paparazzi, the role of the paparazzi and like how they're just
0: harassing her,
1: harassing her. Like all celebrities, but just like they're there harassing and they're taking pictures. They love like the, oh, they talk about how they love taking like those candid shots of like, them walking around and doing like normal human things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you think about they're doing that because a shot like that could worth be worth thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars because the the outlet, the media outlet that they're selling to, they could make millions off of it. Of that stuff. Wow.
0: Celebrity.
1: It's insane. And then I think about that's before social media, like that was it. Like that was how we yeah. got we got our fix on celebrity and what they're doing in their daily life. And now I just feel like in some way I'm like, well, I'm kind of glad now there's social media because those Individuals have control of what they want to be seen, like how they want to be
0: seen in some way. Hmm. um, So So for someone like me who knows nothing about this, mm -hmm. like free her from what exactly?
1: So one of the things that the documentary talks about is that in the last 12, 13 years, she lost her right, her she gave up her right to her control of her money, her life and everything. Oh. Because she was obviously going through something. Um, it's kind of hard to really pinpoint what exactly my speculation is, you know, she gave birth to kids. So she was obviously going through some kind of depression. And so she kind of is not her full self, you know? And so, but then media frames are crazy. They frame her as crazy. And so, I don't know what happened, but basically she lose she gives up all her right to own her money, her finances, control her finances, and it's these group of like people, including her father, that just control her money oh, and wow. her life, her personal, like how she makes money, and just like because the idea of conservatorship, I didn't know this, but it's when a person. It- Feels like they lost all sense of um, of decision making, and they will need to. And they don't want to be taken advantage of, Mm -hmm. so they rely on someone. They give a person the full right and full control of their basically their life, their livelihood. So because it's usually like older people, they say that that happens to. But depending on what was going on with Britney Spears at her point in her life, I guess people saw that she didn't, um, she couldn't be able to handle herself. And so they took a full control of her life. And and what's so sickening and I was watching it, it was these group of people Wanted to benefit from her. Like they're making they're they're profiting. They're 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 cutting themselves a little, you know, slice like, of that. Including pot. her father. Including her father. Wow. Um, and it's just really like really upsetting. And and so now there's this whole movement. I <laughs> <laughs> I like sat in a zoom call like a british student virtual <laughs> rally just i just was curious like what people are thinking they're just ranting um i mean i was like okay this is like a whole other like it's like it's like a very i can't i can't even i don't even want to make this comparison but it is it feels like this british spirit's movement is like another version of like trump supporters or
0: something it's
1: just like it's just like it's
0: so- yeah, that's making big, me think. Maybe there's another kind of love, which is the love of celebrities' obsession. It's an obsession. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah.
1: But it's um, I mean, it. Yeah, there's it, people die-hard fans, fully love, fully support Britney Spears in everything about her. Um, and so it was just like weird to watch this um group of community this community that were just like like everything that came out of their mouth was something to do with Britney spears like my life in love was because of this song uh, you know like because of her you know it's just like this like she's some god and i'm like okay this is kind of weird like i I i'm totally against this idea that she can't get out of this conservatorship and like she needs to (laughs) because she seems like a i mean in, the, in some of the interviews, it did show that it sounded like she could make these decisions. She's a creative person, and she could uh, take control of her life and make decisions because mm-hmm. she's she actually is high functioning, even if people disagree. Because there's nothing there that says she might be like emotionally distraught, like, and she might be going through some with like mental health, um, but she still functions. <laughs> she like she could work, um, and so. Yeah, there was just this interesting conflict there with what's going on in her personal life and how she's living and then the people that are trying to control her and then these group of diehard fans that are like her army, Britney Spears' army. Wow. <laughs> it is interesting. It's very it was interesting. Yeah. 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 Huh.
0: Well, um, good luck to Britney Spears. I hope she gets free.
1: Yeah. And part of me is like,
0: at the same time, like, well, she's also still a
1: millionaire. <laughs> she's right. Like, okay. We're we're in a pandemic and everyone, there are families that can't even like buy our grocery food and we're trying to help this millionaire right. celebrity. I don't right. know. It's it's such a weird culture. It's a, it really is.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. Sarah. You're Maybe welcome. you should write a play about your love of Britney Spears.
1: Um, maybe, but I think there's already a lot of that there, based on the fans I met.
0: <laughs> well, my glisten, I have to say, is my mom, um, because she just died this week, and I, all of my love of reading and storytelling, I, I got from her, and she's just such an amazing person. Um, and I really miss her and so that's my glisten my mom oh. so thanks for listening everybody we want to know what love plays you love and we hope you had a good valentine's day with all of your valentines or If you are happily single, we hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day with yourself.
1: Happy Valentine's Day.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Beckett's Babies. If you enjoyed what you heard or learned a thing or two about playwriting, be sure to like, subscribe, and share the podcast with your friends.
1: And if you'd like to reach out and share with us your thoughts on playwriting and theater or maybe be a guest on the show, uh, be sure to visit our website at www.becketsbabies.com That's www.beckettsbabies.com. And you can contact us there. Thanks for listening.